Hello, it is episode 329 of Top Rope Nation. I am your host for today, Jesse Velasquez. Unfortunately, Ryan Drosty and Justin Joint are both gone. Ryan had a lot of family stuff going on over the weekend. Happy birthday, Megan Drosty. I met with Justin Joint last night for about an hour and some change here locally. He was in my neck of the woods. We were in Chanhassen, Minnesota. He was having a few beers and our sons met. We do have a photo. We'll probably post that later on in the week. So I get to dust off my hosting skills here on the YouTube channel. We look like we're going to have a very lively crew here. I'm going to introduce my two guests for today. One that TR and listeners are very familiar with and another you might not be familiar with, but you will be when it's over. First things first. Let's bring back patron of the show, Ryan Hoffman. How are you good, sir? Doing good. Happy to be here. Uh, was happy with the show last night. And, uh, excited to be on here to talk about it. I mean, there was a lot going on last night, which we're definitely going to dive into here in a moment. Let's hit up our final guest for today. Blue Wire Hustle alumnus. <laughs> we got next... How's Jacob DeLawrence today? Oh, I'm good. It's just funny hearing Blue Wire Hustle along. It's as if we graduated and didn't get kicked out the door without warning. (laughs) I'm good. And uh, thank you for having me on. And also, Ryan and Justin, I'm sure you guys will watch this. Thank you for letting me grace your platform while you're not here. I promise I won't destroy the place. (laughs) Uh, I, I have complete faith in you. I mean, there's a reason why I invited you on this show properly. Oh my gosh. So real quick for our listeners out there, I missed Thursday's episode. In a sense, I'm kind of thankful that I did. And in a sense that I'm not. It's been a very, very crazy week in my world. I moved on Monday and my internet did not arrive until Friday morning. So the boys got to carry a very glorious show involving Vince McMahon, as well as a very, very brief Royal Rumble preview. And if you have not listened to that episode, go back. I truly believe that Ryan and Justin did a tremendous job on the show. And Ryan got a little bit feisty. Would you agree there, Mr. Huffman? Yeah, just, uh, you know, they did a really good job covering a, a topic that's, uh, you know, a pretty sensitive topic at the time. And uh, I, no, I, no, no. the uh, no, commenters out there, they... Uh, I don't know. People need to read into actually what happened and make probably some better cases for it. But yeah, Ryan and Justin did a great job of just uh, covering that. No, they 100% did. Again, episode 328, go back into the archives and listen or watch wherever you find platform. Today, we are primarily going to cover the last night's 2024 Royal Rumble. We might let the chat dictate where we go on said show for today first things first fellas so 
Jacob, I'm going to let you start this. We usually give grades on this show, A through F. It's kind of a snapshot. You've had about 12 hours to sit on this. Give me your grade, A through F, pluses and minuses count. Ugh. You know, I just finished watching the men's Rumble match because I watched it last night but was like half sleep watching. I was like, let me finish it, make sure I remember what I saw. Uh, honestly, for a four-match card, it gets about a C, C+. Plus. Like, it's middle of the road. I'm not one of those that was expecting a lot, but we could have done a couple things different. Overall, yeah, it, it gets a C+. Plus. Like, it's not abysmal, and I feel like some of the Vince stuff maybe probably threw a wrench into the plans of a couple things. So I'll, I'll give it a C+. Plus. It was good. It was passing. It's probably the worst Triple H ran pay-per-view so far, but if that's the worst, then, hey, we are doing much better than what we used to be doing. Like those thoughts. Ryan Huffman. I'll agree with uh, Kyle Ryan in the in the chat there. Uh, I, I would say B show. Um, I was entertained. I would say my excitement level going into the show was pretty high. Uh Aside from probably WrestleMania, Royal Rumble is probably my favorite event of the year. Um, a lot of intrigue. I was pretty interested to see who they would uh, come up with, considering how many guys weren't available to be in the men's Rumble. Uh, but I, I would say B. I would say nothing blew me away, but I didn't think anything was like bad. Um, middle two matches, I thought were a little bit slow, uh, which we'll talk about. But uh, I don't know. I liked it, I, but I don't know if I would sit down and rewatch it. Which is kind of a key point that the three of us hosts really like to plant home if you follow this show is, is there something you really want to go back and watch that usually elevates the grade to at least a B plus, if not a little bit higher? I just rewatched the Women's Rumble this morning. I missed that live last night, and that actually drove my grade up. I'm going B minus. I was very, very close. I was right on that C-plus range, C-ish, very similar to what Jacob uh, just mentioned here. So I, I just felt that overall I enjoyed both rumbles, which we're going to get into in a moment, and then the middle, which this being a four-match card. I'll go to your thoughts on that, Jacob. What did you think of the, the four-match card before I hit the uh, share screen for the YouTube I mean... or the Twitter poll? It, it, it's a Triple H pay-per-view. Like, gone are these 7, 8, 9, 10 matches that only get 5, 10 minutes. Usually, because he does everything like the takeovers, like five matches, everything has a purpose. The four matches bothered me. I felt like you could have thrown maybe the Kabuki Warriors versus uh, Katana and Caden on here, but they were both in the Women's Rumble, so I see why you didn't do that. Same with the IC title match. That's going to be on Monday with Gunther and Kofi. Same for the tag title match. So it's like, what else did you have that you could have made a fifth match that would have made sense? So from that standpoint, I was okay with it, but also it was like you couldn't find one more match of storyline consequence to put there. What do you think, Ryan Huffman? Yeah, I felt about maybe one match short. Um, I'd agree there. I you know, the fatal four-way, which we'll, uh, we'll talk about. I just, uh, if you would have shortened up some of those entrances to the ring, I think you'd probably even have more time for a match there. Just between those four guys coming out, that felt like 10 minutes. So, um, but yeah, I would say, 
I'd say four was okay. I would have I would have probably tried to put on either a tag match or you know have one of the women's uh, title matches. I think the women's title match would have been the way to go. Probably Rhea Ripley defending. That's for sure. So. 100% agree there. I'm going to hit the share screen here right now in about 10 seconds. Spare me here. All right. Our listeners, after 280 votes, left us with 16.4% giving us an A, 39.3 in the B range, 29 in the C, and then 15.4% in the D or F range. What do you think of those grades before we move into the men's rumble first? You know, I'm be honest. I'm kind of surprised. Like I listen to Top Rope Nation every week. I listen to Justin Ryan and yourself. I've even texted you about mm -hmm. this. Uh, this is normally not a WWE friendly podcast in terms of grading, and it's understandable given the product and preferred method of wrestling that they like and to see the youtube audience kind of grade higher than what i graded and i've told you this before jesse i think i'm the more i don't want to say wwe apologist more the base the level of like hey i'm going to go watch a harlem go glow trotters basketball game i know what i'm getting versus watching a nba game comparing wwe to AEW. so i'm a little surprised that it's getting like a b and Honestly, that that many people gave it an A, and I don't even know if that's trolling or not. <laughs> Hoffman, you agree? Yeah, I'd agree. I I don't know if like just in the past, I don't know how previous rumbles were graded, but I always think the rumbles probably always going to grade a little higher than any other PLE, other than you know a WrestleMania or SummerSlam. Yeah, I actually think if we're going to compare it to last year's, I enjoyed this more than I did last year's. And that was in spite I felt that last year's was just a one it's the one trick pony. It was it was the bloodline. It was the end of the Roman Reigns Kevin Owen match where Sammy turned on Roman to one of the biggest pops I've ever heard in in the history of the WWE. All right. Real fast before we do hit this up, I do want us to give a shout out to our wonderful patron group here. And I got my microphone issues fixed. Shout out to all of our lovely patrons. You're going to see that on the bottom of the screen scrolling through. Seven day free trial. Please tell a friend, tell a phone, tell a neighbor, all of that good stuff. And we will be... Recording a classics on Tuesday night. We're going to be going over the 1991 Royal Rumble, where I have one very vivid memory of that, and I am truly excited to go over that. Jacob, do you have any familiarity on the spot? 1991 Royal Rumble. I was one and a half, two, so <laughs> no. And I don't think I've gone back and watched that Rumble in forever. That's the, is that the one? Is that the first one, Hogan one? Number two, I believe. Okay, so that was Hogan's second one. Yeah, that's about all I remember from that rumble. Yeah. Hoffman, any memories? Uh unfortunately no. I uh I was I was pretty I think I was like four at the time and uh I really didn't get into wrestling too much until like uh new generation stuff. So um I've gone back, rewatched it. Um this is obviously a really solid show. Yeah. Again, I actually don't have much memories of the, of the Rumble. I have a memory of one of the undercard matches. 
That's where my memory stems from. So you all have to tune for that. All right, guys. 2024 Men's Royal Rumble. I have a lot of advanced statistics, but we're just going to hit this proper. First things first, before we, we go, Ryan, I want to start with you on this. Cody Rhodes does end up prevailing for the second year in a row, joining a very prestigious list. Do you feel he was the right choice? Um, I do. I, I think it was, I, you know, throughout the week, you know, you read a lot of stuff online and, you know, I was thinking it was either going to be Cody or it was going to be punk. Um, you know, I'm a, I'm a punk fan. So I was kind of hoping they'd go that direction. Um, even though I think Cody's probably the right move. Um, the Gunther name was floated out there. Uh, Gunther, sorry, was uh, floated out there. And, uh, I thought that would have been intriguing, you know, just everything with back in my head. I was like, will, will the rock come out as number 30? Um, and, uh, I don't know. I think it's probably the right move. Um, I think last year, you know, I thought last year they should have, uh, had Cody go over, uh, Roman to begin with, but, uh, we'll, we'll see what happens. Like we're going to get a Rocky two story here in Philadelphia. Didn't even think about that one, Jacob. Uh, yeah, I felt like the right person won. Um, going into this week, you honestly had what maybe four, five legit people that you thought could have won it. You could have had Cody. You had Punk. Those were the obvious ones. Gunther was another one. Sami Zayn, quiet as kept, had a very strong case that he could have won it. And then there's Drew Mack, and I honestly, and of course, there's the elephant in the room known as Rocky Maivia. I think there's no way they could have pulled the rock trigger. Like you could not give the rock, let rock come in anywhere from 25 to 30. Just no, that no, you, you want to repeat a Philly, the Philly rumble. That's what you would have got. So yeah, I think Cody was the right person winning it. The only other person that could have won it that I didn't mention that I would have been okay with is Damian priest. That would have been an interesting one. Elaborate a little bit further. So Damien Priest has the money in the bank, right? Money in the bank gives you 365 days. He won money in the bank in July in London. Why not? You've never done this before. Why not let the money in the bank holder win the Rumble, go to WrestleMania, try to beat Seth, see what happens with that. If you lose the Mania match to Seth, just jump Seth with Judgment Day, cash in, and win. It's just something different because we don't know what Rock's going to do. So, with how, and also, once you saw the result of the Fatal 4-Way, you kind of knew it had to be one of two people and really one. So, why not just throw a curveball? Why not? Because all the reports were like, oh, this rumble's going to end wild and crazy. It's going to be a shocker. Let's go shock the world then. I think one of these years that would be a great, great call to pull right on that. It has it has to be the right person. I yeah, don't necessarily right know if Damian Priest was the right person, but I do like your logic on that. I, I don't think he is, but yeah, yeah. just just try it. No, I, I agree. I got swerved. Not not Strickland, top swerve <laughs> nation here. I got swerved. There on Monday when I was watching the promos and then seeing that Seth is, is going to be out for about three months, as Carl mentioned in the chat, that uh, his mania status is, could be in question. He's a very quick healer. We've seen it before with his match at Triple H, I believe at 33, where he came off of that injury 
arrive in NXT and challenge Triple H to a match at Mania. So the rock also is the giant elephant in the room. There's been rumblings and now he's a part of the TKO board. So is he going to become, is he going to challenge Roman and become the tribal chief of the WWE from a storyline perspective? Gunther makes his appearance here in a raw promo saying that I am going to come after your title now, Seth. And that immediately implanted in my head last night. I had punk as one. A. I had Cody as one B. Gunther as 1C. So it was Cody before all of this happened, but there were a lot of optics that threw me off. And this was one of the best builds to a men's rumble I've seen in a long time. Ryan, would you agree? Yeah, there's a lot of intrigue. I was, uh, my big thing going into it was I was like, who do they not have available? And you knew like no Brock. And then you take the three guys that were in the four way. So I mean, I think you hit it right there. Um, I even, the little part of me was just like, is Hogan going to come out here just with all the teases here the last week, which kind of glad they didn't go that direction. But um, I don't know. It'll be interesting to see. I I could see the mania. I could see this being about Cody trying to finish the story. But, you know, WrestleMania 20, they they went with a, a triple threat. And I, that might be a way to protect Dwayne as well from his uh, cardio. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. Jacob. Oh God. I honestly have that in the back of my mind of this might mess around and be a triple threat, triple threat with Rocky, but I think they're going to take the rock Cena approach and just uh, build this a year out, which leads me to wonder, do you get the belt off of Roman? So there's that. But no, this has been one of the best builds to a Rumble in a while. And it didn't, like we said, there was Punk, there was Cody, there was Gunther. You could have argued Drew winning it. You could have argued Sammy. So no, this was a pretty solid build. And overall, can't complain. Now, now the fun part is the road to Mania. And more importantly, I think the thing a lot of people are forgetting with Cody winning, Cody won, immediately pointed right at Roman. But here's the interesting part. The Chamber is in Australia next month. Mm-hmm. There's going to be a men's Chamber match. Now the question becomes, does it determine Seth's challenger or does it determine a new world heavyweight champ? Because you say Seth could be ready for Mania, but now this gives you time to double check and make sure and see how that timeline is going. Because that timeline can easily become, hey, we set it up, six men, number one contendership, and then boom. Found out self is not progressing like we like, vacate the belt, make it for the belt. And then if self heals, make it a triple threat mania. So yeah, everything worked out right. Yeah, I mean, they could always pull the interim label, which we don't really necessarily want. I know, I'm completely with you on this, but in this case, it's a matter of you don't want to be left with uh, with a without a world heavyweight championship match at WrestleMania. Yeah. But caveat i'm gonna start at the top because there were stories within stories throughout this entire rumble jay and jimmy is coming out at one two i really like that touch big time and first time that they had seen each other face to face in a ring since SummerSlam. so that that was super cool i mean i'm gonna kind of skim through the notes here as we get in one to ten it's nice to see carmelo hayes get some shine in there early on, getting the first elimination of the Rumble as he tosses Grayson Waller. You get 
a little bit of quietness, and then Dom Mysterio comes in at nine and kicks things up. Or have you, uh, Jacob? I'll go to you. Uh, how have you liked the character of Dominic Mysterio over the last? We'll go six months. Oh, the boy is on fire. The boy has been perfect ever since he turned at Clash at the Castle. Like, he came in, he was a neo-baby, he benefited from being a raised child. You had all these matches with Seth and everybody coming up. We clearly didn't like him as a baby face. He just sat there, and we were like, you need to improve. You should have went NXT. You turn him heel, you catch lightning in a bottle with Rhea and all these YouTube bits. I mean, I, I love the character. It hasn't grown old, also. He manages to find some way to keep himself fresh. And right now, it's currently thanks to our truth calling him Tommy Nick. So, yeah. Not to mention as well, Corey Graves comes with the line of, I hope Dom is allowed out of work release for WrestleMania. Good stuff there. Have you been a fan of the character, Ryan, Dom Mysterio? Oh, he's been great. I uh, I wasn't to begin with, you know, when he was tagging with uh, with his dad and working the whole baby face. I wasn't a fan. I actually was at uh, WrestleMania night one last year and got to see the uh, the entrance come out. And my brother and I were just like, thought it was so great and uh yeah he's just yeah like you said he, he's on fire right now um you know if you're drawing that kind of heat every night like you're doing something right my favorite moment of mania night one last year was not only dom's entrance but Ray's. yeah I yeah that was uh, both for equal reasons yeah great great uh that was a really good night one i, I didn't go to night two uh but I was very uh, happy to be at night one. And when I watched night two, I was kind of not regretting being there because I wasn't super impressed with it. So here's the thing, too. I felt that the middle of this rumble kind of drug on, even when Cody came in at 15, there were there were points where guys were just lying around the ring, very similar to the women's, which we're going to discuss later. And. Another kind of trope is the moment the new person comes into the ring, they get about 20 to 30 seconds of offense and pop the crowd, and then we move on to whatever the heck else is going to be coming up next here. Let's move into the middle. And with Cody at 15, it's a little bit of a, of a clearing here. Carmelo Hayes gets thrown out at some point. Cody Rhodes comes in at 15, eliminates Austin Theory. We move into Gunther at 18. It was actually really nice to see that in terms of people at the beginning, I think Jay Uso was the one that lasted the longest here, and he really didn't overstay his welcome. So, I mean, I think it was cool to see that you could have people from different spots here in the Rumble make an impact. Jacob, did you kind of like the balance of that part at least? Oh, yeah, definitely. And not to overlook this, but let's back it up to number four, Andrade, Andrade's return. Yes, sir. I feel like... And this is my thing. When you bring back somebody, you can't bring them back with new music. Because you brought Andrade back with new music, and it like took people a second. Like They popped when they saw the, the Tron video. And then he comes out, full black mask, full luchador, takes the mask off, and gets a clearly loud pop. And you're like, oh, okay, they remember Andrade. They still like Andrade. But yeah, like you just can't come with the new music but the middle of the rumble was perfect bringing cody in at 15 i felt like was the right spot because if you bring him in later it's like are we really finna cheapen this again like can we make him kind of earn it a little bit this year although he went what 10 minutes 15 minutes with gunther gunther in a one-on-one at the close end. to 10 mm -hmm. yeah so let's kind of back it up let's make cody earn it 
and then Bronson Reed came in in the middle as well, mm-hmm. and like felt 16. like great spot. Bronson had his moments. Bron Breaker came in right around. We're that gonna point. be getting to that here momentarily. Yeah, I f- I feel like that middle of like ten to twenty was like perfectly executed for everybody that came in from those spots. Huffman, thoughts on Andrade's reemergence? Yeah, I uh, I don't I don't want to say I like predicted that, but I remember yeah. last night uh, last night before the rumble started, I messaged you and Ryan just as proof because I didn't want to be like that guy who comes on the podcast, but like, oh, I knew that was coming, but. Uh, where I was at watching, I was like, you know, I think uh, I think we get an Andrade appearance. I, I, I guessed on one of the women who came out and was uh, right on that. But, I don't know, it's good to see him. I uh, I went to a really good match at uh, NXT TakeOver in Orlando, and I thought Andrade had a lot of potential. Um, didn't quite live up to it in AEW. You know, that that's either side on that. But, uh, yeah, I think it's good. Hopefully, uh, Hopefully he can get some steam here going. And he went out with a bang in the AEW Continental Classic. Tremendous, yeah. tremendous singles performances. I know his match with Miro to end it at World's End was just there. It's kind of a weird like WWE AEW hybrid infusion where you almost saw bits of the Rusev Bobby Lashley angle. I mean, it was very toned down, but you could see kind of hints of that. Time to wash away the stink, and he needed to move on. We definitely had that. Let's get into Braun Breaker. This is actually one I did want to tackle. Comes in at 20, and I do have the amount of eliminations here made by, or just who made the most eliminations. He ended up tied for the night with four. Him and Cody both ended up with four eliminations. Gets to throw Jay Uso out right away. They mentioned his strength and his speed, the, how, how fast he hits the ropes. I never thought I'd ever hear that on, on a show, which was really intriguing to me. But you could see the explosiveness. Jacob, you're tied into NXT a little bit more than we are. I don't know about yep. a lot anymore, but definitely a little. Have you, yeah. have, have you felt like the last couple of months that they've really toned Braun back? They they fixed the Braun Breaker problem. Like from day one to 2.0, I was like, oh, God, no. God, no. You can see it coming. Like they telegraphed it. Like he's going to be the overly happy baby face. And it's like, okay, cool. He's a Steiner. You gave him a horrible name, whether he allegedly picked it or not, whatever. And then it's like, hey, this has gotten stale. Let's turn him heel. Turned him heel. And it's like, oh, we're not doing this heel thing right either. I weirdly enough feel like the feud he had with Dijak and then pairing him with Corbin has like refined him into just, Hey, I'm a badass. I don't like you. I don't like you. I don't like you. I'll fight you. I'm just here to wreck shit and leave. So I, I kind of like this version of broad breaker and hitting us with the 23 miles an hour when he hits the ropes. And that's faster than Tyreek Hill. I didn't realize uh, they had to deal with sports science because how do you even clock those numbers if they are legit, which I doubt, but still right. you, you can make an argument that that looks like he's moving about that speed. Explosive as he eliminated Jimmy Uso as well as Finn Balor. He got to stare down Gunther. He pressed him over his head at one point. And I think I know my history here. Gunther had one pinfall loss in NXT and that was to Braun Breaker. Or his last NXT match was against Braun Breaker, and he was pinned. Ilya did yes. pin him for the NXT UK Championship. Ilya Breaker did out. get a win over Gunther. 
Yep, Ilya choked him out, if I'm not mistaken. There you yeah, that's, that's how right. he protected him there. Yeah, it was a choke out. Yeah, I think that is his Yeah, because I was irate about it. I yeah, he did pin him. Yeah. So I mean, they clearly have plans for him. This like he was one of the people that got themselves over last night and made themselves a legit possible star in the future. What'd you think of Braun last night, Ryan? I was, I was pretty impressed with that kid. I, uh, you know, I, I've seen about everything there's seen wrestling. And actually, like, I even made that comment to my friends as watched with. I was like, I can't believe how quick he's hitting the ropes here. Um, you touched on him going against uh, Gunther. I actually, uh, coming out of coming out of the Rumble, I wrote down, like, matches I thought could happen at Mania. And I, I could see uh, Braun versus uh, Gunther for the Intercontinental if you want to see, you know, Gunther eventually he's going to have to drop it to somebody. And uh, he's, I would say Braun's probably top of my list right now. I just can't really come up with too many other, other names at this time. I've been saying Ilya Dragunov, I think from the beginning, I think the Chad Gable steam is completely cooled off. He wasn't even in the rumble last night, yeah. but it just came to my head that Braun, Braun got a pin on Gunther in NXT, so I'm gonna I'm gonna kind of get on your bandwagon here, Ryan, and I'm I think Braun's gonna be the one that's gonna take it from him, and it would make sense. You just gotta build off this momentum, get him on main roster TV here moving forward. You can't have him go back down to NXT, and if you do, have him uh, have him close it out. And Jacob, is he gonna be on the card next week? Vengeance. Uh yes, he is in the Dusty Classic Finals. Him and Corbin will take on. Either the LWO or Mellow and Trick. Ooh. That's going to so, be some good stuff right there. I don't think Braun's getting out of NXT till after Mania because at some point this Braun Corbin bit is going to blow up and it's going to be great TV because I think that might be your stand to deliver matchup. And maybe, maybe LWO gets the win, wins the Dusty Classic. I could see them taking on. Um, D'Angelo, the Mafia, the two that I can't stand. See them, get tag yeah. belts off of them. So, yeah, and then Trick and Mello are eventually going to split at some point. Like, they just have to, right? Like, I don't happen. want it, but, like, you kind of can't keep teasing this. I think it'll be Trick turning on Mello, but, yeah. Let's get into our truth <laughs> One of the best parts of the entire Royal Rumble for me. And we'll get into the women's part later. I did you guys like this whole did you like our truth's infusion into this, Ryan? Yeah, he's been he's been doing a fun job ever since he came back. Um, you know, his judgment day thing is gonna gonna pull apart here at some point, but you know, he's just doing doing the best job he can to entertain people and <laughs> coming in confused in the girls rumble and, and coming in and uh not getting the tag is uh I don't know doing what he's supposed to do right now pretty well. I like comedic, comedic relief in spurts in my wrestling, and R-Truth absolutely just knows how to push my buttons the right way every time. Jacob, what'd you think? The man known as Ron Killings is a national treasure, period, point blank, plain and simple. If Ron Truth does, I'm sorry, if R-Truth does not go in the Hall of Fame within like three years of him finally wrapping it up, what are we doing here? The man is 50 plus years old and is still out here putting on great comedic. And the thing is, when the bell rings and you need our truth to go, the man can still go. This is a former NWA world champ. I mean, 
the man is great. No matter what you give him, it works. Because let's be honest, you put this gimmick or bit in anybody else's hands, it probably fails horribly. It really does. Shout out to our chat right now. Thank you so much for all of your contributions. And keep it coming, please. Keep it coming. Especially Carl here. We'll go back to Braun for a second. That They've definitely put him over very, very well. And definitely agrees with Jacob is that they have his character down now in NXT. So hopefully we can advance that on the main roster. We'll get into number 26 here with Damian Priest, who Jacob mentioned earlier on in the show. Got a nice little choke slam in on Gunther. And then we get CM Punk at 27. This is where things start to get, start to really pick up as he throws out Dom Mysterio and gets a ton of offense in. His first in-ring work on television. Did you think he looked rusty? What did you think? We'll go to Jacob first. It's hard to tell if somebody looks rusty in a Rumble match unless you miss a spot completely obvious, like one that occurred in the women's match. I felt he looked fine. Like, it was a good place to protect him. He's still getting his WWE C legs back underneath him. It's a different style than what he's been doing in AEW. You clearly see he's down at the PC being the happy uncle and also getting his reps in, working with the future. Like, I think this is a different uh, Phil Brooks because they keep mentioning they're like 10 years, and it's like, yeah, it's been 10 years. If you don't change as a person in 10 years, there's a drastic problem. And we, from all accounts and what we've seen, Punk looks happy. Punk looks refreshed, whatever the reason is. I don't – I'm here for it. Punk looked good. There's a couple of spots toward the end, but, I mean, you've been in a rumble. I'm going to attribute that to just being tired. Ryan, Punk. Yeah, I'd agree with that assessment. I would say, yeah, towards the end, you know, things slowed down. But I mean, you get if you're in a if you're in a rumble at all for a little while, things are gonna people are gonna look tired and should look tired. So um, I don't think they asked him to do too much in the match. Um, so yeah, we'll kind of see. Uh, I'll, I'll be interested to see it going forward, like how much they're gonna put him in in uh, matches here. Uh, hasn't been on TV as much as I thought. I thought he'd be a uh, every single week since he's been back but uh but yeah didn't ask him to do too much so i thought he did fine i've been okay with the every other week him on television for the time being i think obviously with mania season approaching they're gonna want him on weekly and we'll get into who like where he may go here in the future you get ricochet in at 28 we get drew mcintyre in at 29 but before that i always have to mention this Miz came in at 25. Gunther eliminated him very early on. Nice run, Ms. Annan. <sighs> You're welcome. Drew McIntyre, 29, and he made his presence known. We've been very vocal on this show, calling him the best thing on WWE TV probably since October. I don't know where you stand on this, Jacob, but we'll get to that in a second. He throws Ricochet about two-thirds of the way across the ring. We get Gunther eliminating Jay Uso. And number 30, as Jacob got into earlier, and we'll talk about it right now, is Sami Zayn. Did you like the spot of him at 30? Yeah, I did. I mean, it's perfect. We hadn't seen Sami since Drew beat the ever-living daylight side of him. And what does Sami do? Oh, I'm in the Rumble, and logically, I'm going to go after the man that just put me on the shelf for the past couple weeks. Like, Sami came in, lit up Drew. Got distracted, went back to Drew. Perfect booking. Perfect play out. I got no complaints with how Sammy was executed in the Rumble. 
Only thing maybe I could have said is, oh, he could have been in the final four, but it's fine. I think we know where we're going for Mania with Sammy now. Ryan Beef, I'm going to give you something similar on topic. Did you like that the vast majority of the final competitors in this match were all Raw guys? Yeah, I like the the final four there, especially at Punk, Drew, Gun, uh, Gunther, Cody. Um, I thought those are probably the right four people to to close it out. Um, be interesting to see where Drew, like you said, Drew's been outstanding in my opinion. Um, you know, it's funny when you watch a rumble, what starts going through your head and you start trying to run down, well, it could be this guy. Or, I mean, I was even when Sammy came out 30, I was like, oh, you know, maybe – they try to go back and catch the fire they had here a year ago. And, um, but, but yeah, I think those were the right four. Um, those are the four that have the most, uh, upside, I think for the company right now. Absolutely. Jacob <laughs> thoughts on final four and then McIntyre. <sighs> I wasn't crazy about the final four. It made sense. The way I see the final four in the rumble is you have the obvious, you have the one or two obvious ones. You have the one, that's like on deck and then you have the one that's in the chamber that you're heat checking or that you want to establish and a final four of drew gunther cody punk on deck already established already established already like they're all there former champ longest reigning ic champ hottest thing second highest merch mover and cody and then you have chick magnet punk i mean like you want star power and firepower it's right there you could have put carmelo hayes in the final four or final six sammy could have been a final four believe it or not carrying cross would have made perfect sense in the final four for me would have made perfect sense and you could have tied up a bunch of loose ends but that final four had to be that four because of roman reigns because you have a damn you have the Hoover Dam and Roman Reigns holding up everything on SmackDown and just letting just enough get through that makes sense. So that Final Four worked. So, yeah. And as we hit that, McIntyre starts talking trash to Punk and just saying you've been gone for 10 years, all this stuff. And Punk eventually gains the momentum to carry himself to his to his feet, get McIntyre on his shoulders, stun him, and throw him over the ropes, which was... I don't know if that was necessarily well done. Ryan, what'd you think of that one? Yeah, I would say if there's anything that came off a little shaky um, and maybe slow, it was definitely that throw out. Um, it was kind of interesting too. You look at the two ways, two big throw outs there is uh, McIntyre talking trash and then getting thrown out. Well, then when Punk got thrown out, it was the same thing. I'm not, I'm not, I'm getting thrown out by, not getting thrown out by Dusty's kids. So you really had two exact, uh, things that were very, very uh, close to one another. Excellent take there. Let's go to Gunther's throw out here. Cody for the second year in a row tossing him. Jacob, did you like that decision? Yeah, because this tells me one thing. They're on a collision course, and assuming Cody gets the belt off of Roman, I wouldn't be surprised if Cody walked into Berlin, Germany, and had giant Gunther standing right across the ring waiting. There is a, yes, I'm loving the Europe infusion for these PLEs. 
absolutely loving this. And it, it just brings such a freshness because the American crowds, they've they've obviously seen this this show dog and pony before, but you head overseas in a fresh spot and it just adds an extra dimension. So that's a great call. We get two years in a row of a showdown that was multiple minutes and Huffman came up with the obvious finish with Punk talking trash there and Cody eventually catching him after getting out of a GTS and throwing him over the ropes. Jacob, I'll go to you first. Did you like that they repeated the multiple minutes Punk-Cody showdown? They're kind of similar to last year. Yeah, because there's two ways you end the Rumble. Well, three, really. It's either one person gets the final two or three out all at one time. It's the sudden, quick, bam, bam, rapid elimination that you got in the women's rumble, or you have to turn it into a one-on-one match. Like, there's, what else do you do? So I have no problem going back to back, and this was a thing for Punk. Let's get some reps in. Let's tell a story. You had that great promo from Monday. You had the, hey, watch after my kid. Like, it's all right there. It's perfect setup. Why not pay it off in a small, why not give a small tease of a payoff? Absolutely. We actually got to see three German suplexes from CM Punk, and I can't remember the last time I saw that. I thought that was that was pretty cool stuff there with, with Cody. And I'll get into the finish before I get Ryan's opinion on this. Cody at some point hit a crossroads and goes down in a heap. A few seconds, or probably 30 to 45 seconds later, Punk hits a GTS, goes down in a heap. He then lands a pedigree and has this nice little <laughs> smile on his face. Typical Phil Brooks, and they both, you go, he tries to go for one more GTS. Ryan said, of course, I didn't wait 10 years to lose to Dussie's kid. Rhodes reversed the GTS, tosses Punk over the top to win the Rumble. Ryan, did you like the showdown? Yeah, I think it was uh, interesting. I uh, thought, part of me, part of me with how much Punk likes, you know, Bret Hart, um, I was texting with my buddy Josh last night. We were like, are they going to do the Luger heart finish where then you split off and one gets Rollins and one gets uh, Reigns? Um, you know, part of me, and I, I know they talked about this in the media scrum, but like part of me is sitting there. I'm like, oh, these guys uh, a couple of years ago were mainstays for AEW. And, uh, you know, what would what would Tony be thinking right now, which I'm sure he – I'm sure Tony doesn't really dwell on – that person really too much but uh just kind of something i thought about but um yeah i I like the finish like i said at the beginning i think the right guy won um as we're talking about get some rust off of uh cm punk and uh i'm sure he's still heading the direction of seth rollins anyway so yeah they they spent six months together in AEW before cody left for the wwe and made his debut at wrestlemania jacob any closing thoughts on the men's rumble that we didn't touch on um yeah two well three things really yeah one we didn't get a kofi spot i'm a little disappointed <laughs> like we didn't get the trademark kofi spot i don't know if kofi's like hey i'm too old for this i'm tired of doing this or if they were just maybe in all of the alleged redos that they've had to do for the rumble they eliminated Kofi's spot and forgot to put it back in we didn't get a ricochet moment other than him getting thrown halfway across. He got thrown across the bay from St. Pete back to Tampa <laughs> by Gunther when he got eliminated. I'm sorry, Drew tossed him out. 
So there's that. And then the pedigree by Punk. Corey Graves might be the best announcer in wrestling and also the most underrated because he found a way to tuck that in of the, oh, there was so much in that pedigree by Punk. Like that is a perfect line just to stick in there and perfect camera shot. And I mean, yeah, Punk with a pedigree. Gotta love him. You gotta love the man. Kevin Dunn being gone for three to four weeks, you can definitely tell that those really weird, like hydroponic camera shots are starting to slowly just dissipate into the distance. Ryan, do you have any other closing thoughts in the rumble before we move to the men's title match? No, I, I, like I said, that was a pretty good match. Um, nothing to me really came off surprising, I guess through the thing, which usually every year you have some sort of a surprise, but um, overall good. I think right guy won. Absolutely. And again, plethora of options, mania, the way they're progressing to this, and even to the elimination chamber, there's going to be some intrigue is what we see on the undercard piece, as well as who Seth is going to face at WrestleMania. If he is there, the 4am elimination chamber. Hey, perfect for me. (laughs) 5am Jacob, you got this. Perfect for me. I'll sleep anyway. I get around that time. That's perfect. Get up. (laughs) Grab a coffee, sit down, enjoy a little pro wrestling, start your day. I kind of love the European, the overseas, the non-American time zone PLEs. Like, go to London. Give me, please, give me a PLE at 2 o'clock on a Saturday in the middle of the summer. Please. I beg you. I love it. Nice, refreshing, uh, not summer shandy or something along those lines. And then just let's let's go to work. Roman. Roman Reigns defended his... WWE Universal Championship in a four-way against AJ Styles, Randy Orton, and L.A. Knight. We're not going to get into a blow-for-blow perspective here, but Ryan, were there some things that stood out to you in this match? Yeah. um, I guess I could have said yeah, but um, (laughs) I thought thought it was okay. I I thought it was uh, was kind of slow. Um, Entrances were very long. Um, I, I think it was very predictable. I, I saw no scenario whatsoever of, uh, Reigns dropping the title. Um, I also didn't feel like as the champion, the dominant champion, I didn't feel like at any point he looked very strong, uh, which again, if you want to, I mean, he won, but help of solo again, and just like, you know, it was just a lot of, uh, him taking other people's finishers and then finally getting a little run at the end, but um, I, I, I liked it. I would have rather seen it be like a fatal four-way where his elimination and maybe get it down to him versus Randy, um, you know, but just didn't feel like he came out of there looking very strong, which going towards Mania, that's what, that's what you need to have is him look dominant. Where has the fatal four-way been, by the way? That needs to make a pro wrestling comeback somewhere. Jacob, give me your thoughts on this before I touch on a few things in the match. If I had to put a grade on this, I would probably give it a B, mm-hmm. maybe a B plus. I actually enjoyed it. Here's the thing with a fatal four way, and if you book it right, it's a beautiful piece of art. You have three people who hate one man. Among those three, one of them also has a beef with another, and then you have Randy Orton. It was perfect. Match started. They beat Reigns down. 
the thing that's being told with Roman that I don't think people are starting to pick up on because they're maybe fatigued from the bloodline storyline and they feel like it's lost some steam, which it has, is that Roman is slowly starting to crumble and fall apart right in front of us. Like these days are numbered. And this match is another representation of it. Look at the LA Knight match. Roman has not looked sharp, especially since he got pinned by main event Jey Uso. Yes. At Money in the Bank. It's a slow, steady decline. He was in trouble at SummerSlam. You're chipping away at God mode. Roman is becoming human. And in a fatal four-way with three people that legitimately don't like you, what do you expect Roman to look like? Do you want Roman to nerf everybody? Because then all we do is come and complain and go, well, here comes Roman. Yeah, 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 super Roman. Like, no, you played it perfectly. You escape. That's Roman's thing. Right now, it's just I have to do whatever to escape and survive. And there was a point where I thought, I was like, oh, they're going to do it. They're going to pull the belt off of Roman, which is perfect. And it only could have went to one person, and that's Orton. Because if you go to Orton, you have either Randy and Punk have history. Randy and Cody definitely have history. That would definitely make a lot of sense for Mania. But no, right person won. Roman looked how Roman should have looked. He's starting to falter, and he just found a way to win. And thank God for Solo, because Solo at some point is going to not be there. And that Solo-Roman feud is going to be great TV. He mentioned, Roman that is, on Twitter earlier in the day that He's going to stack some people, which he did at WrestleMania, I believe, 38 with Edge and Dan- or Brian Danielson. Yep. So they repeated that spot last night. I do want to get into a couple of highlights. Pat McAfee bringing out the hip-hop fan in me, breaking out a Jada Kiss line when he said, he's not cocky, he's confident. And when he says he's the best, that's a compliment. One of the few things Pat McAfee did right last night, because his obnoxious yelling and screaming was just getting on my absolute last nerves. And it's like you know what you're getting with McAfee. I actually enjoyed his spot in the men's rumble. I saw a lot of people hate it. I kind of enjoyed it. It he's definitely acquired taste. It completely depends on the depend on the person. What do you think of Pat McAfee, Ryan? Before I get into some small breaking news here. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm kind of whatever on Pat McAfee. Like he sometimes I, I like him, sometimes I don't. Um, I listen to his uh, his show every once in a while. I agree. I think his spot in the men's rumble was pretty funny. I, I enjoyed <laughs> that. Was he the only person in the history of the rumble to eliminate himself? That'd be a Michael Jenkins in question, perhaps. I feel like, no, I think our truth and our Santino have taken themselves out before. Which wouldn't surprise I'll give, me. I'll give you one. I think did Drew Carey, didn't Drew Carey get in on the rumble years ago and like jump out when he saw Kane? That's a long time ago. I think that might be one of them, though. This is a definite Michael Jenkinson or Stewart question, maybe a Rick Shelton question. We'll have to definitely dive into that when we hit the Facebook group up. So just reported. Ryan, thank you so much for helping out here. Braun Breaker ended up last night in the Royal Rumble replacing Brock Lesnar for the obvious reasons we won't get into it here. And it looks like he's going to have his final match at Vengeance next weekend and he will officially be moving to the main roster so we're definitely loving that a couple more points on this match i thought aj had some tremendous bumping all the way throughout 
the the counter with Randy Orton hitting the RKO on multiple people, including I think the big flying one where he hit it on Roman. As he, that's right, he was going for a Superman punch. Was tremendous. Had the false finish. Here comes Solo to pull out the ref, and I'm going to bring, I believe this is Brandon Evans' point in the chat. Can't win a match without outside interference. We definitely agree. Jacob alluded to it, though, I think. The chink is slowly starting to be removed from the armor of the tribal chief. He doesn't have too many more bullets left to fire in that tank, in my humble opinion. We'll, We'll close that out at the end here. One thing I absolutely loved was Solo Sokola maybe running faster than Braun Breaker in the ring, going through the barricade trying to hit AJ Styles. That was a moment. Did you guys like that part? Oh, yeah. I loved it. I just want to know, did they gimmick that part of the barricade? Because if not, like the way he moved, it looked like it was a legit enough force to move that barricade gimmick or not. Yeah. Solo, what would you think of that part? Ryan? A little worried about Samantha Urban there, to be honest. <laughs> I was like, when this came flying through, I'm like, I hope she knew that was coming because uh, he he flew through there pretty good. I don't think she moved. No, I don't. I don't think she flipped. She was just like, oh, oh, good for her. Hopefully, that makes a YouTube clip somewhere, and I can get a get a view on that. So we we talked about the stacking, and there was a stacking point in the match where Roman actually ended up on the bottom. AJ Styles hit a phenomenal forearm on top of the of the pile. I believe Knight was at the top of this, whether Knight or it was Randy, and he stacked him up. They all kick out at two. Kind of a cool spot there. But then, of course, Roman gets out of it, and boom, ends up hitting a spear on AJ Styles after Styles had I hit a spot. Or who was the one who hit the spot? Is it LA Knight? With BFT on somebody? It, it was went night. for a BFT. Yep, went for a BFT, missed. Styles ends up kind of getting in the way. Roman hits the spear. We get the win. He retains. I mean, we all knew this was coming. Roman's odds of losing before WrestleMania are like point zero 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 one. He's the most important. He's the most important character right now in the WWE. So yeah, I think that was the right thing. Let's blow through Logan Paul and Pat McAfee, or uh, Logan Paul and Kevin Owens before we get to our women's match. Jacob, did you like this match? Actually, yes, it made perfect sense. It told a story. You paid off the whole, hey, I can knock you out. I can knock you out angle. So that worked perfect. And then, of course, you have the honorage member jumping in, trying to help him. Ref catches it. There's nice payoff there. You have Aussie Down, which is actually a great tag team name for those two coming out. The slide that is it, it worked perfect. You wrapped up a whole bunch of storylines. KO grabbing the brass knuckles, knocking out Logan, but KO being so in the moment, forgetting to take them off, the ref catching it. A1 perfectly executed. My only complaint with this match is why were you on after the world title match? Would you wanted that for a cool down after the women's rumble? <sighs> Yeah, and this is where there should have been a fifth match because you needed two cooldown matches. You needed something to cool down after the women's rumble, and I'm using cooldown in quotes. And you probably needed something to not get the crowd up too high before you go into the men's rumble, especially when you started it with both Usos. Like, 
so yeah, fifth match would have been perfect, but just I guess it makes the US title feel big. And my only thought was, oh, okay, if we're doing this match now, maybe we're giving Styles Orton or LA some time to like catch a breath before they come in the men's rumble and pull double duty. I'll get into the one did. I'll get into the crowd in a second. Huffman, what'd you think of Logan Paul, Kevin Owens? Yeah, I thought it was that was fine. Solid match. I think it's a good way to uh, you keep the belt on uh, the belt on um, Logan Paul. I think it still makes Kevin Owens look strong. Like I think if he loses, I think he doesn't uh, maybe look as good. Um, I would expect maybe next uh, PLE these guys go again um, just uh, to kind of finish that off. Um, I'm lo- I'm kind of looking at uh, LA Knight maybe stepping in against. Logan Paul, I think that could be a pretty good matchup for Mania. Um, kind of a nice crowning moment for LA Knight, even though he hasn't, uh, you know, he's had a heck of a year, so that might be a good good thing to give him here going forward. And I was happy he didn't get pinned last night by Roman. I, I called AJ Styles because I, I felt like that man's bulletproof at this point, and he's got another, <laughs> he's got another year or two left in his contract, and there's just going to be no harm, no foul when it comes to that. I, I like the selling. I like the uh, Logan Paul stomping Kevin Owens' hand throughout the entire match. That that Those parts were great. Outside of that, I think here's something that's kind of, I don't know. It's, like, it's a wrestling trope, but why does the heel, if he has the brass knucks and connects and gets the three count, never get caught? Yet Kevin Owens, when he hits Logan Paul with the Nucks, one, two, and the ref just mysteriously sees the Nucks. He actually looks up, sees the Nucks, and DQs the face. So, I mean, it makes perfect sense. If I'm a serial killer, I know how to murder multiple people. It takes you a while to catch me versus if you just murder somebody one time randomly, you're a little sloppy with it. You know. I mean, KO's been a heel, though. So you, you would think he's he's slimy enough to be able to hide that instead of... Uh, the the man was a little hot. He was a hothead. That that played into the whole thing. Logan called him a hothead, and he couldn't control himself. And, you know, he you know what he should have done? They were in the PC, what, Thursday when that video came out? Mm-hmm. Well, Logan throwing the prime in a little scuffle they had. He should have just walked over to Regal and be like, hey... Uh, Regal, real quick, man. Uh, so these brass knucks, what, what's the best way to tuck them real quick? He was right there. Right there. What did you think of the face heel knucks portion, Ryan? Oh, I thought they you know, executed that pretty good. Um, yeah, him getting caught at the end, it, it is funny to think about. Yeah, it never works the other way like that. But uh, like I said, I think it keeps Owens strong. He didn't have to eat a pin or get cheated out of a win. I mean, he got, got cheated, but um, I don't know. That was a nice finish for that match. Good story advancement. And again, we're going to see both these guys in some pretty high profile matches at WrestleMania. Both of them, I'm sure. It's going to be a treat. All right. We're going to go to the opening and now the women's rumble. Since we have a pretty high viewership, again, thank you all so much for tuning in. We have gone through the men's rumble. We're going to hit the women's right now. And I'm going to go over the opening show package for about five seconds because if you're going to feature Terry Bollea at some point, why not do it in the very beginning? Just don't put him out in the middle of the St. Petersburg audience. I know Jacob's shaking his head right now, as we all are here in the chat. So real quick, I can't believe I'm about to talk about Hulk Hogan. I have a weird feeling that Hogan was supposed to be in the men's rumble. Like, I just have that weird feeling of 
40 years, like you're making the whole 40 years of Hulkamania, 40 years of WrestleMania. I've seen Hogan more on my TV this week than I have in like the past five years. You're in his neck of the woods. Coco ain't nothing but an hour and some change away. I feel like until the Vince news dropped, there may have been a chance they were going to roll old man Hogan out there and let real American ring off. And I am so glad that TKO is in control because the old regime probably still would have done it. Mm-hmm. Especially what happened all week long with, yeah. yeah, this was a great call by the W. Well, this was, I guess this was a decent audible call by the WWE. Yeah. It's like, yeah. screw it. We've done the promo packages. That's fine. We we can get away with that. It's going to upset a lot of people, but like, we don't think it's going to be as bad if we actually trot him out in person. Agreed. Ryan, give me your overall thoughts on the women's rumble that opened this show. And actually, before you do that, by the way, this Tampa crowd at times was just silent. <laughs> they were so hot for this women's match. Give them tremendous credit. I thought they did a phenomenal job in this match. Jacob, go ahead and uh, throw an argument in there before we move on to the no, match. It's not that so much that they're silent. It's they're in a baseball field, and I've been in Tropicana Field. That field sucks. It does. sucks. It is not a highly regarded baseball stadium. Like, there's a whole argument right now with the Rays in the city of Tampa and St. Pete of like, hey, we want a new stadium. Who's going to pay for it? We want commitment. The Trop just – also, baseball fields aren't good for acoustics. So, there's that. But, yeah, that crowd had its moments, definitely. But I think some of that is attributed to the acoustics of the building. Especially, I know I'm thinking back to the Astrodome in WrestleMania 17 when there were times where you could you couldn't hear a thing. It was very very loud, especially with the Jeff Hardy spear or the Edge spear of Jeff Hardy in 17. But yeah, I, that that could be a very good point. And I've always said it's really impossible to dress up a pig and make it look good. St. Pete's and from a Tampa, yeah, that baseball stadium's garbage. Ryan, uh, give me your thoughts on the crowd and then the women's rumble to follow that as well. Yeah, I would. I thought that was an interesting pick uh, for for the Rumble this year. Um, you would think with all these advertising for Disney and Visit Clearwater and St. Pete's that they did throughout the show, maybe they can build them a new stadium. Now, I, I don't know if I've ever seen a PLE do like actual like visitor uh, advertising like that. So I don't know if that's you know are we going to get that as a regular thing? Come to Perth, Australia, down under, you know. But uh, <laughs> but yeah, I, I don't know if I've seen that before. But uh, I thought the women's rumble. Uh, I was I would give it an A. There's a lot of really Ooh. cool spots in it. Um, I think having some cross promotion there, I think, was pretty interesting as we can talk mm. about. Um, thought Naomi's return was was very good she performed well and uh I went to uh TNA bound for glory in Chicago a couple years ago so Naomi and uh Jordan Grace were both on that show and I was just like yeah they're both very good and they showed that last night Jacob overall thoughts before I touch on the there's a lot of bullet points here uh overall I give that probably a a plus like it is that might be the best women's rumble i've seen off of the top of my head i think maybe the first or second one is up there with it but from the surprises the returns the moments and the spots that we got that was a one from the start like they hit on every note there was like one little botch in there that's like yeah whatever we get it but like it was 
damn near perfect, almost flawless. I saw a, quite a few botches in this match. I'm not even going to bother to highlight those because the way this match was constructed, you guys hit the nail on the head. I loved it. I loved it. I will give probably the most contrarian opinion at the end of this match. I'm going to be on an island all by myself here, and I'm perfectly okay. Throw the spears, everybody. Throw the spears. We started out with Trinity Fatu. Naomi is number two, facing off with Natalia. Very, very loud pop for Naomi. Welcome back. Great stuff. Bailey comes in at three. Crowd once again is pretty pretty high on that. We get Candice LeRae at four. I'll just throw my, my five seconds in on her, on her. Can we give her a legit run? I know it's never going to happen. It'll, jo- it'll happen. Ooh. We'll, we'll talk it'll. about that. We'll talk about that on Patreon tomorrow. Jordan Grace, the TNA Knockouts champion at five. I'll go to Jacob first on this. I was thrilled. I'm sure you were too. Muscle mommy. Yes. Yes. I had not quite gotten home yet during this point of the match, but I'm getting texts in my Discord from a couple of my boys, and they're like, oh, they acknowledged that Naomi was in Impact and was the champ. And I literally sent a message, and I was like, honestly, I would not be surprised if there's some kind of partnership between WWE and TNA now, just because TNA has streaming on Endeavor's platform now. Like, it it's a new era. Like, Trips is willing to play with almost anybody. So, why not? And then, sure enough, as I send that, here comes Jordan Grace. And A1 job by Corey Graves of immediate, I'm sorry, McAfee of immediately going, I'm not familiar. And then, boom, figured it out and put her over quickly. Yeah. Perfect. Like, Jordan Grace is a star. Impact mm-hmm. TNA has one. If she ends up in WWE, they have one. Like, we that have watched TNA Impact knew that Jordan Grace was something special, but this like made her a star. They made three, yeah, I say three stars last night in the Women's Rumble. Like you solidified or made three stars last night, and Jordan Grace is one of them. You get all Japan with NXT too, so we're, we're yeah, there could be some future collaboration. Jordan Grace, I know you mentioned her earlier. Ryan, anything to add? Yeah, she was she was outstanding. I thought um, I might be getting ahead of myself here, but like the spot where uh, Bianca hit her with the ODK on the uh, yeah. apron there was like, wow, you know. Um, so yeah, good showing there. Uh, Perfect way to eliminate somebody like Grace. Yep. Yes, and I, I wouldn't be shocked, you know, if we see her again here at some point. I was going to go straight to Bianca Belair at ten. I think I can keep going because you just mentioned that spot. I like that great or that Pat McAfee tried to play off that he knew who the great Muda was because that was mentioned. He doesn't. (laughs) Kane has 18 Royal Rumble appearances. That's just way too many. Well, let's get to that before we get to Piper Niven at 15, who I also thought was very good in this Rumble. Yeah, Bel Air with the KOD on the apron to Jordan Grace, but Jordan Grace had so many moments in this. I think if there is one match to watch, this might be the one. Would you guys agree? Yeah, if you're going to go back and rewatch anything from last night's Rumble, yeah, definitely just put Women's Rumble on and let her play. Yeah, for sure. Outside of that, we get into the middle here. Nia Jax comes in at 19 and immediately makes a handful of eliminations. She ends up with, 
I believe, the most eliminations on the night, and she does. She had eight total eliminations throughout. So you had over 50% of the eliminations take place between Nia Jax and Bailey. Bailey had seven. If you are going to heat her up, what a way to do it right here. But I'm going to come back to that later. We then get to a nice little Piper Niven Nia Jax showdown where they just take turns squashing Chelsea Green intentionally and unintentionally. From comedic relief, Chelsea Green played the spot. Did you like this, Ryan? Yeah, that's pretty funny. I think uh, you had that to lighten things up a little bit. And then, uh, you know, our truth comment thinking he was in the Rumble was uh, was pretty good too. So just a couple comic relief there spots. I thought they did those well. Brandon, thank you so much. We got one third of the team, but we definitely have a patron and we have a, a first timer that'll probably be a repeat offender here in the future. Jacob, what'd you think of Chelsea Green? I love Chelsea Green. Like, how can you not enjoy Chelsea Green? Since she returned last year and lasted five seconds, like that was her whole thing before she got squashed left and right. She was like, five seconds, five seconds. She's like, I beat five seconds. It was, it's great. Chelsea Green plays the Karen comedic relief character. Perfect. She's much like our truth on a mm-hmm. lesser scale, but also you can't give anybody this gimmick, this role, and expect it to hit the way it does. Like, I love Chelsea Green. Chelsea Green, perfect. You could at some point pay off and give Chelsea Green a title run of maybe like a month or two, like a nice little transition. Give her one of those, hey, thank you for everything you've done, and she would be insufferable as a champion. It'd be perfect exactly where I was going. Chelsea Green, in a similar way, plays the R-Truth role. You got the women and men's side from a comedic perspective covered with those with those two. It's great. We then get into Becky Lynch at 21, who ends up eliminating Chelsea Green. I'm going to fast forward to 24, where this part I just cringed. Valhalla comes in at 24. Michael Cole demands the antlers, and she shows up. Yes, yes, yes. She might win this thing. Michael Cole... And then R-Truth runs down, gets in the ring, looking confused. Nia actually throws out R-Truth. Another great spot in this rumble. Uh, Ryan, did you like that spot? Yeah, I don't. I like the R-Truth stuff. Uh, the antlers, I, uh, yeah, I don't know. I'm not sure what I was watching at that point. Jacob, R-Truth, antlers. <laughs> Yeah, like the antlers thing. I was like, I watch Raw occasionally, and I'm like, never noticed. Wouldn't have thought anything of it until you just drove that point home, Michael Cole. But you know what? I'm just glad you're having fun on commentary and your choice of personality. So I'm cool with it. But I was like, actually, I'd been happy if Valhalla would have won over somebody else, and we'll get to that in a second. But R-Truth, great spot. I loved when he was walking out with Adam Pierce, and he goes, wait, those were women? You're telling me those are women in there? <laughs> I was like, nice, nice. Oh, our truth. Like you said, national treasure. We get a few more people into this ring. We get Roxanne Perez at 27. This is where it was just bang, 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 bang when it comes to your appearances with the last four women that came in. 
Yeah, Jax throw out Shayna Baszler, Mishin, and Shotzi like almost consecutively while Roxanne Perez comes in. Let's get into this at 28. Let's start with Huffman. Jade Cargill finally makes her debut. Yeah, I had a feeling she was going to come uh, come out. I again, he was on my list, or she was on my list to uh, you and uh, Ryan Drosty last night. I just wanted some proof that I made that claim. Oh, yes. So. I, I thought she performed uh, very well. We were trying to figure out if she almost has the same entrance music as she had uh, in AEW. It was very similar, I thought. Um, but I thought she looked like a real star. Um, there was some stuff between her and Bianca Belair that I could see maybe that would be the pairing for Mania with those two. Um, but we'll, we'll, we'll see what happens. But I uh, thought she performed pretty well. Jade, what'd you think? Or Jacob of Jade? Perfect place to put her. Perfect place. Like you didn't put her in the rumble too early. You definitely didn't start with her. She was protected. She got major spots and moments. And I'm going to just go ahead and say this. She did more in the 15 minutes she was in the rumble, maybe 20, than she did in her two years, two, three years in AEW. Like just period, point blank, plain and simple. She is a bigger name and bigger star than what AEW did for her. And a large part of that is, well, you have a machine behind you that is built for this. And they just kind of know what to do. They they recognize star power when they see it. From the Nia Jack stare down, the slam of Nia, everything with Nia. And then you had the Bianca moment. And shout out to Trips or whoever they have running production now. Because you dropped that camera shot and you stuck that Mania logo in the background. It probably won't be this year, but that is a beautiful tease and one hell of an image to see. You mentioned almost everything except for the the modified Samoan drop of Naya. Jade got to eliminate her all by herself. I mean, you want to talk about, again, 15 to 20 minutes of getting somebody over in quick fashion faster than a company, other company did. And Jacob? Here, here's one more thing about Jade. Like, she lifted Naya. I, that wasn't much of a jump from that. Like, no, she was just like, all right, watch this. Like, she strong-armed Naya. Naya's not the smallest woman in the world. And, like, that right there is like, yo, you want to talk 40 years of mania? As much as I can't stand Hulk Hogan, that gave you great Hogan-Andre vibes. And that will probably be Jade's mania match. It's Jade and Naya. And I think that is the perfect first person for Jade to go up against. I would not argue that. One of my favorites, Kyle, because probably because she's from Minnesota and was trained here, Tiffany Stratton at 29. She showcased some skills in here as well with the immediate swanton onto about five or six women. Just getting a lot of her gymnastics background in, I like I said, I you can just tell by the way she moves and the way that she presents herself. I think she's going to be at the top of the card i would it's going to take a little bit longer which is perfectly fine because look at all the women we've already mentioned and we're back so tiffany stratton again like i said i mean i think in the next five years she has the potential to be a main event presentation did you like uh tiffany stratton ryan yeah she was uh really solid i didn't really follow i haven't really followed her too much um but i would say Maybe of the five that stood out in the uh, women's rumble, I think she was probably in that five. Jacob, you're familiar with Tiffany. 
Yeah, I hated Tiffany Stratton the first time she popped up on my TV on NXT. And I told my boy this. We talked about it last night. He was like, oh, no, I love the character. He's big on if you can nail the character, we can figure out the end ring later. And my thing is I need kind of both to have some standard and balance. But, like, the rich girl daddy trope, I was like, I've seen it. I'm over it. Generic blonde number seven, here we come. And finally, she's kind of doubted in. She's gotten a little bit of an edge to her, a bit of an attitude. She's showing a little bit of comedic with the stuff she did with Fallon Henley. I am a big fan of Tiffany Stratton. Now, the ring work has drastically improved, which makes it more enjoyable for me. So, yeah, I agree with you. Within five years, Tiffany Stratton is holding one of those major titles on the main roster. You get home run athletes with a Jade Cargill, as mentioned in the chat that you should, or excuse me, with Naya, you should have seen her play basketball when she was in school. Wow. So you get, I can see that. Okay. I mean, you see, you see Naya, you also see, like I said, Jade Cargill with the athleticism. Her husband's a former MLB baseball player. It's there. Tiffany with the athleticism. I mean, it, it, it's great stuff. You get the character work tied in. We're all good. Liv Morgan's back at 30. I see some cringing from Jacob. Let's, uh, before we get to the cringe piece, I'm going to move along towards the end here. We get some eliminations going. The aforementioned spot of Jade and Bianca staring each other down as they have military presses on Liv and Becky. You get the crowd shot as mentioned earlier. That might have been the highlight of my entire rumble right there for me. I don't know about you guys, but get the stare down. I actually mentioned here that Naomi still looks spry after an hour as she made a couple of moves in there before getting tossed by Jade Cargill, as well as Becky Lynch was tossed by Jade Cargill. You get Bailey eliminating Bianca and Tiffany Stratton. Here we are with the final three. Ryan, did you have this on your bingo card? Bailey, Liv Morgan, Jade Cargill. Um, you know, I, uh, I probably didn't have Liv. Um, I know like Ryan Drost, he picked Bailey as his... Winner, my my winner winner I actually picked um, was I thought Jade was going to come in and and win and just they were going to uh, strap a rocket onto her at that point and uh, but yeah those I think were a solid three uh, to finish be pretty pretty interesting where they come out of this I mean I have you know Bailey I think it's pretty natural going to go with EO there um, but it, it'll be it'll be cool to see where the other few people go. Jacob, your final three, and then give me your Liv Morgan thoughts. That that was not the final three that I had. Honestly, going into this women's rumble, it seemed like it was Bailey's to win, but I was also like, well, you could do Becky. You have that. And then I was like, honestly, my dark horse was Nia. She's been on a heater since she's come back. She beat Becky clean. She's It's like if you really wanted to go there, you go Naya, you go Riet Mania. It's just one last like crowning moment for Riet Mania. So I was like, Dark Horse Naya. But yeah, I definitely didn't have Jade in my final three because my problem and my thoughts on Jade Cargill are you cannot fly too close to the sun, Icarus. If you do, your wings will melt. And I feel like that's what WWE has to do with Jade is be careful and don't fly too close to the sun. Because if she wins and goes to Mania, now you put her in a one-on-one main event level main event level match against either a presumably Io or Rhea. Yeah, she's been in the PC, but let's just be honest. She, she needs more reps. And then 
you want to make a star cool does she win or does she lose at mania if she loses you really mm -hmm. depending on how she loses you really just made a mistake and kind of cooled off and if she wins guess what there's nowhere to go but down and how quick is that fall down it it's just you have a star you have no rush we don't need her to go on a hundred and something win streak like Goldberg or like she did in AEW. And once she lost in AEW, whether that was she was on her way out or not, you kind of saw how that played out. Like, just let's relax, slow build with Jade. So, yeah, I didn't have her final three. I had her in like maybe last 10 or six. Like, just close enough where it's like, hey, we want you to know that we got plans for her. We We see it, you see it type deal so yeah the final three live morgan <laughs> get it i don't get it i don't see it i said generic blonde number seven earlier here comes generic blonde number eight that just lost <laughs> in a hot topic I, you're I, not wrong i i don't get it there's no character what is it the happy-go-lucky underdog i i i don't somebody please explain it to me like i i don't get it I, I could understand if it was like something I got and I'm like, okay, cool. This isn't for me. This is just, I, I don't get the appeal of Liv Morgan. Is she a nice person by all accounts? Sure. Mm -hmm. She loves to hang out with her fans and all that. Great. What's your character? Bell to bell. Are you really like, I, I don't get it. I just, it just does not click for me. So I cringed at 30 and I sighed because I was like, ugh. And my first thought was, she's final four and she might mess around and win it. Especially after last year when she was final two. I will definitely say, and I, yeah, I'm going to get to two comments here in the chat in a moment. With Liv Morgan, she, they've tried. And it's, it's they, the, the crowd likes her, yet there is definitely something missing there. The character piece for sure, like as soon as Rhonda broke her, at extreme rules was she supposed to be this crazy person like what what was she tapping into here so i definitely agree with you Liv morgan's just a couple tiers below what's at top question here in the chat do you think that the rumble matches could have had more nxt stars in my mind i think they had the, the perfect blend you maybe could have done one more on each side but i mean there really wasn't much to add uh ryan go first yeah NXT. i i thought they're pretty good with everything i um I liked that they didn't bring back a lot of the legends. I think every year people are waiting for like, oh, Trish or Lita or, you know, and I think uh, that gets to be a little bit exhausting. Um, the one name that I was thinking maybe would show up was uh, AJ Lee. Um, didn't, and that that's okay that she wasn't there, but that was one that I thought would stood out. Um, one really cool spot they did. I know we didn't get a Kofi spot, but the, Carrie Sane uh, holding on. That was that was pretty that was pretty impressive. Um, and then even like I can't remember who it was, but like they're holding on to the trying to stay in there using uh, Bianca's hair. That was uh, that was another spot that was a uh, pretty fun. But like I said, um, yeah, I would have said probably an A for the women's rumble. I thought it was a really good kickoff to the show. A um, lot of energy after that, and then that's what kind of made those two matches in the middle maybe go into a lull a little bit but they'll be really interested to see where they go like i said i got coming out of this i got eo versus bailey i think i'm going becky versus ripley for the other title and then um 
I, I would go G, uh, Jade Bianca, although the uh, Nia Jax Jade, I think, would be a really good place to start, too. Tiffany Stratton was the one who pulled on Bianca Belair's hair towards the tail end there. Yes, that was a cool spot. Kyrie with the spot maybe of the night. It looked, she looked the exorcist floating in, in, the, in the middle of the ring. I was just in, in absolute awe of that. Jacob, the NXT, did you think they could have added another person or two? Or were you okay with the, the inclusions? No, I kind of liked everybody that they used because my thing is who? The only person from NXT that you could have probably stuck in a rumble would have been Trick Williams. Yeah, And that's just because if you saw SmackDown when he came out to say Mellow, that whole arena is chanting whoop that trick. And you're like, hey, if this is a heat check, this is one of the most unintentional heat checks. Like, oh, we got one here. So other than trick, I mean, let's look at NST women's roster right now. There's Fallon Henley, uh, Lila Valkyrie, Roxanne was in there, Tiffany Stratton. Like, there's not much mainstream big name power down at NXT right now. I don't think, I don't know where Satamora is. Maybe she could have got in there, could have brought her back if she's still on the roster. Blair Davenport. Blair Davenport could have been like, yeah, you could have put Blair Davenport in there, but I feel like you use the right ones that have a little bit of name value and crossover appeal with the main roster. So, yeah, no, I have no problem with the NXT usage. And more importantly, I am glad that not a single legend was used. Yes. Uh, the podcast that I was on a couple hours before the show was one person was just adamant. Please get AJ Lee in there. I think, yeah, that would have been the only inclusion I wouldn't have mind seeing, especially now with uh, Punk obviously being in the promotion. Yep. So uh, real fast. Yeah, we got down to that final three. Bailey, of course, scores with the victory here. You had Liv eliminate Cargill with her finisher, and then as that happens, and she's mildly celebrating Bailey with the shotgun drop kick to this to the abs. Down she goes. Bailey's the winner. Crowd goes nuts. Sixty minutes, I believe, that she spent in there. Naomi was in there for about an hour and three hour four minutes. Bailey might actually win a little bit longer. That being said, she is the winner here. I know Ryan, you touched on it. The right winner here, Jacob. Same. Yep, same. Right person, right winner. It's going to be the right beat down in about three weeks by damage control. Yeah, perfect. This is the part where I have to vent, and I'm hoping this takes like 90 seconds. Everybody knows my kayfabe brain. I hate that I have a kayfabe brain at times. (laughs) I do dislike this with an absolute passion. I did pick Bailey on the Fightful Select pre-show. I get it. Two singles wins in the last seven months on SmackDown. For the last two years, she's been eating pins left and right. Bianca made her look awful and entire damage control look horrible a couple of years ago from SummerSlam rolling all the way through Extreme Rules. They have been playing this up at Survivor Series, especially with Bayley and and just the whole just not being able to get along with damage control. So we definitely saw this coming. This is on World Wrestling Entertainment for them to actually get me to believe that Bailey should win this. Where were the victories here over the last four, five, six, seven months? Where has the build been for the last year? Other than Ronda Rousey coming back four months from pregnancy and winning the Royal Rumble, probably didn't deserve it. But that was a Vince move. With this, 
but the only steam that Bailey had from a character perspective was the sympathy of her just being about to be overthrown by damage control. A group that I don't necessarily care about because other than EO as champion, they've been jobbers to the stars for the last year and change. So that's mm. me. Everybody else out there has been throwing the counterpoints. I understand it. That's just the island that I lie on. Feel free to retort before we close. Ryan, you want to go first? No, I can see that too. I mean, damage control, I, I don't think has looked, you know, very strong here. They, it seems like they're, I mean, obviously they have one of the champions, but it just seems like they are, they've gotten beat down quite a bit. Um, I know even like uh, in the media uh, scrum after Triple H was talking about Bailey and how Bailey over, she's just kind of been a steady, steady worker and has kind of gotten over overlooked here quite a bit even recently so it's is i don't know they'll have to ha get a pretty good run for to build towards mania i think to uh heat her up again but but yeah i can i can that that's a really good point too jacob so i i hear you i understand where you're coming from i'm glad you mentioned this because i've had the same little bit with the uh you're uh, calling a main event jay uso not being main event because he hasn't won I mean, here's the thing. Main event simply says you headline that you are at the top, right? Doesn't mean you win. Look at this like boxing. You could be a great B-side to a boxing fight, and you constantly keep getting beat, but because you are good enough or people want to see you enough, you get paid to be in the main event as a B-side. You can call it a high-priced gatekeeper if you want. Same thing applies here. And also, the Rumble is nothing more than a giant lottery. She just happened to find the golden ticket. Now, the work becomes, what do we do from here to April? That's the trick. So, we'll see. Which they're they're I think they're going to do it magnificently. I I think I think Bailey's going to. That's where she's going to shine. Again, the, the problem is tying the loose ends in over the last year and a half. So I definitely understand your point. I'm going to throw this in here that everybody wanted her to win because she put a lot of people over, which, I mean, here's the thing here, too. Look at all the women's Rumble winners other than Ronda Rousey. They all have had very strong cases. Asuka wins the first one, having never been pinned in NXT, never been pinned on the main roster. I bought that. That was easy. how that ended? Right. But that's not about the ending. We're going to probably get a different ending here with Bayley. I'm talking about the lead-up coming into the Rumble. You have Rhea winning it last year, who dominated. And look where she is right now. Goodness gracious. Bianca won it. We got that uh, that unreal main event. Charlotte won it. She's always hot enough to where she's believable. The aftermath of that was weird. NXT champion, kind of goofy there too. Becky winning it obviously made all the sense in the world the year that she won it. So with that, again, I am nitpicking with a capital N here, folks. I really am. This is kayfabe brain. I understand it. I just want that part to make sense because Bailey arguably is the most compelling women's character in the WWE. It's either her to me or it's Rhea. It's one of the two. Rhea being the head of an all-male faction and her being so damn good in that aspect. 
but Bailey's right there. So I understand it. Just please give me some more substance. Give me some W's. I know it's coming. I just wanted a better build. That's fair. That's fair. But, you know, again, it's a giant crapshoot, essentially. So also, here's the thing. Let's look at like this. Let's look at the 30 women that were in there. Who's been on any shape, form, or fashion of a hot streak? Naya. <laughs> I mean, that, that, yeah. yeah, that's your only one. Yeah. Becky, yep. before that, before she got beat by Naya, so that wouldn't have made sense. Because I had Becky winning this going away until yesterday morning. And that's when I changed my mind and I said Bailey because I could see the writing on the wall. Yeah, I mean, it's not like, like you said, Asuka coming in undefeated, nerfing everything left and right. And then you would have had somebody Randall win. It's not quite as bad when you look at everything in consideration, kayfabe or not. But I see your points. Yeah. Again, nitpicking. Uh, Ryan, give me closing thoughts on anything I said, slash women's rumble, slash I think anything from a rumble perspective this year before I go back to Jacob. Uh, I thought it was a good show. thought it delivered. Um, I was entertained. It felt... Uh, you know, it was about nine thirty there last time. I was like, "Oh, they're gonna, they are gonna go to 11, uh, definitely." So uh, I thought it, it moved pretty fast for a show. Uh, you know, I'm excited. It's it's, it's WrestleMania season now officially. Um, we can start seeing the direction of some of these people, and uh, I don't know. Best time of year to watch wrestling is now. So uh, pr- pretty happy to get that going. Anything, to, anything to promote at all? I know that you're one of our devoted patrons, which we always thank you for. No, not really. Um, I don't. I don't have a Twitter. Um, you know, uh, I, I love uh, people being on the uh, top rope nation discussion, and I like to chime in. And uh, I agree with uh, a lot of people, and I disagree with some people. But that's the best uh, best part of uh, of pro wrestling is uh, get to voice our our opinions. I love ninety nine percent of our of our group chatter. There's that one percent when things can get serious slash real and that's when it's like ooh, take that step back yeah which is why thursday thank the lord i had no internet oh my gosh <laughs> jacob anything from a rumble perspective you wanted to follow up on slash promote um no i sitting here talking this back through a few two i think i will up my grade to a b minus from a c plus to a b minus so you you got the seventy nine point five that rounds you up to an eighty. There it is. So it's a B minus because yeah, the women's rumble was just that good. Like from start to finish, the return, the surprises, everything. I feel like this. Yeah, like I said, it's a okay show. Probably one of the worst that Triple H put on, but this is the bottom. Then we're in good hands. And now here's the fun part: it's Mania season. Like Ryan said best time to watch wrestling hey we take the fall off we get through survivor series and whatever random event in saudi and we drag through i'm so glad they didn't do a december ple and now hey foot to the pedal it's mania season it's mania 40 two nights let's go do you want to promote tomorrow's show yes tomorrow i will be joining you <laughs> on top rope nation unplugged It'll be fun. And I'll be bringing my cohort, Mr. Cedric Welton, with me, and we'll discuss a little bit of this and that. And also, uh, speaking of promotions, uh, there is a top 10 women's wrestling matches list that I put out last week available on steelcrew.com. 
You can find it. You can argue. There's a photo of Jay Cargill that is the lead image, and I will just let you guys have fun with that. She's a presence. She's definite presence. Patrons and non-patrons alike, Jacob, as he mentioned, is going to be with his tag team partner, Cedric Wel uh, Welton from We Got Next, is going to be joining me on a show tomorrow. We're going to record. We'll have that out very late Monday night for all you patrons. It's free for a week. This is probably the week to do it. And because we got that, we're Justin, Ryan, and myself will be recording the Royal Rumble 1991 Classics episode Tuesday night, which those are always fun. Get to deep dive on just that tremendous, that tremendous bit of history with my favorite part of a certain person just getting cracked in the head by a scepter. Hey, if you got that to look forward to. And again, it's it's a week free. So give yourself that service. Please tell a friend. Ryan and Justin, again, were not able to make it today. I was not able to make it on Thursday, so it balanced itself out. We had a tremendous crew here with Ryan and Jacob. So, Kervin, we did mention this earlier that the crowd was just a little bit iffy, and part of it was because stadium piece. So we got that. And then Steel Crew, is that correct, Jacob? Uh, S-T-I-L-L. C-R-E-W.com. I, I think I am the featured article up there. I believe I'm going to type that into the chat if that is correct. Yep, that is correct. Kaboom. Stillcrew.com. And, oh, we'll get to this last one. Jacob, close it. Do you think Jordan Grace's Rumble appearance is going to open the door for a possible cross-promotion event? It would not shock me. It'd be a good idea to do. The only thing that is stopping it is TNA's relationship with New Japan. It's one of those, hey, guys, we're going to go do this with WWE. And New Japan's like, hey, you know we're in bed with AEW, right? And those two are competitors. It's Coke versus Pepsi, but they're still competitors. So I think that might be the only thing stopping it because TNA does do Multiverse United within with New Japan around Mania season. But it wouldn't be a bad idea. I would love it. You got a lot of former WWE talent over there. You have a lot of people that WWE was interested in at one point in time and wanted, such as Moose, such as Jordan Grace. So wouldn't shock me if it happened. Ryan, close that out. Yeah, last night during uh, the media scrum, uh, Triple H touched on the question about Jordan Grace and uh, maybe other people, and he uh, he made a pretty funny joke about like really hating that there's some sort of doorway out there people like to talk about. So that was uh, you haven't seen that's kind of comical. So I think if it's good business, um, I don't I don't see just WWE ever doing like a cross promotional branding, but I could see a few you know, crossover people from time to time. But um, as far as like, uh, you know, WWE, TNA shared pay-per-view, I, I just don't see that happening. Yeah, I agree. Last night was a great piece of business for especially Jordan Grace. She was fantastic. So everyone out there, chat, thank you very much. You guys always help. Much appreciated, especially when Ryan and Justin are in here. But Jacob and Ryan absolutely slayed this. We had a tremendous conversation. So any other closing thoughts? 
Uh, no, I just want to say thank you, Jesse, for thinking of me and letting me fill in here. And Ryan and Justin, I hopefully didn't destroy the place too bad when you guys come back. And again, just honestly, just gratitude and thank you for letting me join you on this platform and have this moment. Ryan, this is your first time on with me. Any other closing thoughts? No, I just appreciate you guys having me. Um, love talking pro wrestling with people. Um, I feel like this group is a very, very smart wrestling fan base. Um, and you guys do a awesome job every week of delivering content and comments. So I uh, just really appreciate you guys having me on. Thank you for being here. It was definitely appreciated. I, I didn't want to do this solo. So very, very thankful to have a different trio. And for Ryan Huffman, and Jacob DeLawrence, my name is Jesse Velasquez. That has been episode 329 of Top Rope Nation. Check us out on Classics again on Tuesday night. Ryan, Justin, myself, and Jacob, Cedric Welton, and myself on Unplugged for free for a week. Patrons, I'm actually going to throw that up one more time. The Patreon piece. Boom. There. We got that. We got that. And with all that being said, we'll see you on the flip side. <laughs>